0: Hello and welcome once again to the My Favourite Film Podcast with me, your host, Gav Smith. This week it's another spooky, scary Halloween episode as I discuss Scream, the 1996 Wes Craven film with Mike Munzer of the Evolution of Horror Podcast. Before again the chat, the usual contact information. If you want to contact me by email, it is myfavouritefilmpodcast at gmail.com on Twitter it's at my favourite film and I got it wrong last week on Instagram you will find it's at my favourite film podcast there's also a discussion group on Facebook if you want to try and find us there. All these ways are ways in which you can get in touch with the podcast if there's anything you want to say. If you want to support the podcast, the best way of doing that apparently is if you hop on over to Apple Podcasts, and on Apple Podcasts you can leave a five-star rating and review. It is only on Apple Podcasts that you can leave the ratings and reviews. That will help the podcast get found by other people. That's all the normal contact information, so let's get into the actual chat. This is the 1996 film Scream, um, directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. A host of names in the cast, including Drew Barrymore, who we will talk about during the course of the episode. But there's also Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, Courtney Cox, Rose McGowan, David Arquette, Matthew Lillard, Jamie Kennedy. These are some of the major characters that feature during the course of the film. It's a great film. It was the horror film that put the slasher back into the public eye. So, here's my chat with Mike Munson on Scream.
1: Hello? Hello? Who is this?
0: If you tell me your name, I'll tell you
1: mine. <laughs> I don't think so.
0: What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies?
1: Uh-huh.
0: You never told me your name.
1: Why do you want to know
0: my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game.
2: It all began with a scream over
1: 911.
0: Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? He didn't make the rules. He's always on track. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide.
2: scream hello mike hello gav how you doing fine
3: thanks and yourself
2: yeah really good thanks really good
3: good um we're going to talk about scream today it's a 1996 film Hey, 25 years old this year isn't it yeah
2: yeah insane nice. right
3: it is crazy um so do you want to just before we start just tell us a little about
0: yourself what you do
2: yeah sure so i am ai am a, uh, I'm a producer and journalist um but podcaster as well i have uh, i run the evolution of horror podcast which is obviously a podcast all about the horror genre uh, yeah. we basically look uh, at the whole history of the genre um, each week I'm joined by a different guest and we talk about a different movie and we kind of do it in particular sort of series seasons different sub genres of, of horror basically so um, it's great fun and you know I think good good conversations if you're a horror nerd if like <laughs> me you're happy to uh, have a conversation for a sort of two hours about an obscure 80s horror film or something yeah then uh, then you might enjoy it
3: (laughs) (laughs) you've covered some some non-horrors as well in there there's been some that have been just bordering on the horror adjacent I think you call them don't you
2: yeah like (laughs) I have I have a very liberal uh (laughs) definition of the word horror so yeah Yeah. we've covered kids movies Uh, yeah if it's got a bit of horror in it for example Beetlejuice you know whatever it might be something like that uh, absolutely can get covered. Yeah. In um, in a couple of weeks time, I'm currently in the middle of doing a sort of sci-fi and alien sort of horror movie series. And in a couple of weeks time we're doing Mars Attacks, Independence Day. So wow. not really horror movies, but no, they've, not got at all. Curved, they've got slight horror elements in them. And I think they, they're, they're inspired yeah. by certain things about horror movies. Uh, so I think there's some interesting stuff to explore with some of those movies. Yeah.
3: Yes, there is. Yeah, definitely some good films there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but today, today we're going to talk about uh, Scream, yes. Um, which I know you have mentioned a few times in your podcast that it was your favorite film. Um, and I was, I think, when I asked you what it was going to be, I just knew there was going to be a horror element to it because I thought <laughs> there's no way it's not going to be. It was like when I asked Matt and James for theirs, and I got sci-fi films. It was...
2: <laughs> of course, yeah, exactly. We're always, yeah. we're always on brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely. <laughs> so, why is Scream your favorite film?
2: Well, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't know whether I actually have a favourite film. It's such a, and you must get this with all your guests saying this, but it's such a difficult question to answer. It's really difficult to pick one film, right? But when I thought about, you know, I probably got about 10 favourite films and any one of those could be my number one at any given time. But I think when I thought about what film I actually have probably watched the most in my whole life, one where I... Could almost just play it in my head and know it word for word. It would, yeah. it would be Scream. Um, and I think, I you know, Scream is not only do I, I think it is like masterfully made horror film. Yeah. I also think it's one of the most important films in the genre. And I also think that for me, it's, I, I owe it a lot. It's kind of the first. I've talked about this a lot on my podcast, but it was sort of the first proper horror film I ever saw. It was sort of my gateway in to the genre um I was far too young really to have watched (laughs) it I mean it came out in 96 I was born in 87 I probably saw it when it came out on video a year later let's say so I was probably about 10 or 11 when I watched it I was definitely in primary school when I watched it um but I just absolutely loved it like even at that age it blew me away it scared me but in a sort of fun way like it didn't scare me to the point where I got nightmares or couldn't sleep or was traumatised by it, I remember this feeling of being really scared but really exhilarated and having fun at the same time and Scream is still such a perfect example of that I think of a movie that is in equal parts hilariously fun and terrifying (laughs) at the same time and very few movies I think pull that off yeah. um and because it's such a i'm sure we'll talk about but it's such a sort of meta film and it's a movie that is about horror movies it is yeah in within the story of the film there are so many characters that talk about horror and they talk about different movies that they talk about elm street and halloween and there's all yeah. these different titles being mentioned and for me as a as a first time sort of horror movie watcher watching scream I didn't necessarily get the references, but I was kind of making a mental note in my head of other horror films that I should check out, you know? It was yes. almost like a list that I could make from watching a <laughs> you know, I, I want to watch these movies they're all talking about. So yeah. it really was my sort of gateway into the genre. Um, yeah. So yeah, it means a lot to me.
3: Yeah, I guess seeing it at such a, a young age as well, it's going to be um, a bit more influential on you, I suppose. I mean, I, I was in my 20s when it came out, so it was a yeah. very different thing for me, so...
2: Absolutely. And yeah, and you probably came at it from the other end of yeah. the spectrum, right, which is probably what most people were supposed to get out of it, which is yeah. that it's this kind of almost throwback to older slasher movies and that yeah. kind of thing. I think yeah. By
3: this time, the, the likes of Halloween and Friday the 13th and Freddy and Nightmare on the Street are all gone yeah. just a little bit downhill yeah just a little bit by the end of them
2: (laughs) yeah well this is it and obviously now as a as an adult who's so interested in the genre and the history of the genre I think it's really interesting to look at in this kind of you know the 90s were are generally considered by a lot of horror fans to be one of the sort of one of the weakest decades for horror actually like I yeah uh, there was this general feeling that Horror had kind of run out of fresh ideas by this sort of early to mid '90s. Like you say, yeah. all those big franchises—the Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers movies—had yeah. all reached their sort of ninth, tenth, eleventh yeah. entries. They'd run themselves into the ground. Absolutely, and I yeah. think uh, Scream was literally like this kind of shot of adrenaline to the heart again. It kind of resuscitated the horror genre. I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, you said there that you think it's one of the most important horror films. Is it because of that that you think it? it yeah. It just boosted them back again and brought them yeah, back it, to
2: it brought horror back to life. And 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 what, what's so brilliant about it as well is that it's this marriage of sort of old classic horror with something very new in the 90s, right? Again, I think yeah. it's that that marriage of Kevin Williamson, this writer yeah. who created the story, who is this very he was this cool postmodern trendy teen yeah. writer, right? So he did Dawson's Creek and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Paired with Where's Craven, this like yeah. old veteran who had made, you know, video nasties and then had yeah. made The Nightmare on Elm Street. So he came at it making a proper dark, scary movie. And that paired with Kevin Williamson's kind of fun, quippy writing was yeah. just like a match made in horror heaven almost, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, they work really well together. Though. The, all the yeah. writing in it is is brilliant. And Wes Craven knows his horror, doesn't I mean, have any? Yeah, you can see the horror beats in it every single time um
2: yeah. i i agree and i love Wes craven as well because i think that he um i don't know he always feels like his films are sort of about something like he's always yeah. he you know he he wrote about a nightmare in elms you know he made a nightmare in elm street because he had actually heard true accounts of people dying in their sleep and these strange yeah. sensations he he made a last house on the left because he was so disturbed and upset by video footage of Vietnam that he was seeing on the news. And he was, you know, making something as a reaction to that. And it it always feels like the films he makes, he makes for a reason. And I think scream is kind of his response to people's people's reaction to the horror genre, people blaming horror for real life crimes and all of that kind of thing, you know? So again, it feels like even though the film is quite fun and silly in places, Wade Craven's kind of coming at it from a serious perspective. And I think that's why it works so well. Yeah.
3: Which I think they say that in the script at some point, I'm sure Yeah, uh, it's Billy says, they say that horror films make psychos. It's not, they just make psychos more inventive.
2: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Yeah, they exactly. They they talk about it directly. Don't they? This idea that, you know, I think even one of the taglines of the film at the time was, you know, to, or one, some some teenager has taken their love of scary movies a step too far, or something, and it really yeah. is kind of commenting on that idea that horror movies rot our minds yeah. and turn us <laughs> all into psychopaths. You know, and yeah. it's kind of it's taking a very kind of wry, fun look at that attitude. Yes. I think, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, which does it does really well. And it, it, as you said, it's a very meta film. It, it it knows what it is, doesn't it? The whole way through, it it's almost like the characters know they're in a horror film.
2: Mate, like the t- like I, you know, I think mm. something I appreciate more and more, especially the more movies I watch and the more yeah. I kind of know about the genre, the more I appreciate Scream for just how genius it is in terms of that tonal management, that tone balance. Because, yeah. like you say, it knows exactly what it's doing. It is taking itself seriously enough that you're really emotionally invested. You yeah. know, and the character of Sydney in particular. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's she's very much playing it like she's in a serious. Film, you know, like yeah. she's not doing anything with her tongue in her cheek, really. You know, nope. no, no, uh, and then also there are these kind of slightly sillier, funnier moments as well. <laughs> yeah. But it all somehow works, like it just works seamlessly. I think,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's it's really well put together. Like there's there's elements in it where the, the horror beats are just absolutely, definitely there, but then yeah. they don't use them. Uh, things yeah. like when Sydney's walking down the corridor in a house a few times, and you know, mm. you do the whole thing. She opens the dr- the door. And you expect when she should say it, because the music's there. There's going to be something behind it, but yeah. there's, there's nothing there at all.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, where's Craven? He's the master at that, I think, of timing yeah. a good scare in the way that great comedians time a good joke, you know? I think where's Craven is just a natural at knowing exactly when to come at us with that scare, yeah. Yeah,
3: because he builds up so many and then doesn't have a scare that when we actually do get one, you've been yeah. going out, it's this not going to happen, but it does Yeah, incredible yeah yeah really good um i want to kind of go into the the film and the cast Mm. but i think before you do that you've got you've got to kind of talk about that opening scene with drew barrymore because obviously she was massively on on all the marketing i think every poster for it's got her on there but she's about 10 minutes of the film she's in is it 10 it might be less i'm not sure yeah what do you what do you think about that that i mean it's a Brilliant first scene, but what do you think about the whole way that she was used as killing off of the, the most famous person, I suppose, in the first scene?
2: Yeah, I, I, it's incredible, isn't it? And again, it works on so many levels because I think, you know, I'm sure there is this element too of a throwback to uh, Janet Lee in Psycho, right? Yep. And it, in some ways, the movie that was kind of the birth of the slasher genre. Yeah, yeah, of course, uh, yeah. And, you know, that idea that Hitchcock kind of put Janet Lee all over the posters Everyone had to keep a secret what happened in the film. You know, there was all those gimmicks and obviously this huge surprise when 30 minutes in, she's killed in the shower. (laughs) And I think there is something of that throwback to to Psycho in this, but also it's doing its own thing really cleverly because, yeah, it is, um, oh God, it's, I mean, what can you, uh, there's, that opening scene is just, I think it's just the best opening scene in history, you know, Um, it, it kind of works almost as its own perfect short horror film, like a 10 minute horror film, you know, it's just perfect from beginning to end, but putting Drew Barrymore in that, you know was was genius apparently it was drew barrymore's idea i think All right, she okay. originally i think she offered, got offered the role of sydney obviously because she was the biggest star but she like well, yeah, i, yeah. oh, I want to do i want to do that opening scene right so okay. it worked out really <laughs> fortuitously in the end yeah, that she yeah. was, you know in that iconic scene but um but yet yeah, it just sets you up for this feeling of absolute danger doesn't it like you yes. then just don't know what's going to happen when you open the film and it starts off so normally it starts off so yeah. kind of playful and mundane as these yeah. two characters talk and this guy on the phone sounds a bit bit creepy maybe bit creepy, but, but generally yeah. quite friendly and then yeah. it just the way that the 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 the, the mood slowly changes like yeah. across that 10 minutes and then it ends in one of the most brutal on-screen moments oh. you've ever seen right yeah, and yeah. i like yeah that that shot of drew barrymore just sort of hanging from the tree with all of her guts hanging yeah. out you just go oh shit yeah. well what is this film then and then you know it's it's and again that scene is played dead straight That first oh absolutely scene is yeah dead straight like you're yeah. watching a real dark terrifying horror movie yeah and then it becomes a different movie entirely but Completely. because of that opening scene you're just like you're on edge the whole time thinking okay is sydney gonna die here is gail yeah. gonna die here you, you you can't trust that anyone's gonna no. make it you know no
3: anyone could die in the film, couldn't they? Because yeah. yeah, they've already killed off the biggest star they had in the poster, so... Yeah, incredible. Uh, everyone's fair game. That scene, I mean, the bit that always gets me is when she's standing just off the porch and her mum and dad have arrived back, but she's been stabbed so much she can't scream and she's oh. trying to scream for her mum and that, that always gets me. And then he drags her away on the... She's still got the phone in her hand. It's uh,
2: Yeah, it's kind of cruel, isn't it? Yeah. It's like actually quite a cruel scene. And again, I think that's where's Craven's Yes, input definitely because he, he he actually does have quite a cruel um he, he doesn't hold back on that kind of stuff because i think again he's of the belief that horror and death should be upsetting it should be yeah horrible yeah. it should repel you it should repulse you and i think where's craven as actually quite a, a moral man really pushed that in his movies and yeah, yeah it, it it doesn't give you an easy way out that because there are so many slasher movies, obviously, at this point, like we talked about, the slasher had kind of run itself into the ground yeah. and they completely lost touch of what the slashers were about. Like, I think when you go back to the original Halloween, it's a genuinely scary movie where you're really rooting for Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laura yes. Strode. Like Yes, absolutely. Yeah. She's the star. You want her to survive. Yeah. But by the late 80s, suddenly the the cast members were just kind of cardboard cutout, yeah. bad actors, you know, thinly yeah. drawn characters. People were really just going to watch the killers go and yeah. murder people. We were cheering for Jason Voorhees or Freddy yeah. Krueger. Yeah. And I think that was something that Wes Craven was quite disturbed by, with especially with Freddy Krueger. And he kind of made a response to that almost with his film New Nightmare, that, yes. sort of in the early 90s. But yeah. with Scream, I think, again, he's kind of taking that idea of what we know about slashers how the teens are all just like pretty disposable. They'll get stabbed a couple of times and then they'll be dead and it'll be like move on to the next scene. Yeah. And it, he does the opposite with this, doesn't he? Where it's like with Drew Barrymore, yeah, it's literally minutes. It's yes. minutes that she is just dying. Uh, yeah. And Takes like a you long say, time, is unable isn't it? to scream and is stabbed and is slashed and then goes yeah. out to her parents and then it goes on and she's dragged and she's, yeah, it's really like it's properly yeah. upsetting, isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
3: There's no glorification. No, not
2: no it doesn't feel like it does it and and, and it is and it, it kind of is like a, almost it feels almost like a wake-up call from where's craven being like yeah teenagers getting killed is not shouldn't be fun no <laughs> you know? no yeah
3: yeah and they also do that thing of of showing that the killer isn't the supernatural killer that we've seen in all the other slashes you know she yeah. manages to kick him away push him away and i think she takes off his mask doesn't she
2: she does but, but you don't she get does, to see and the and face then, behind camera yeah. sort of glides up and we don't get to see the face exactly and yeah yeah, you're right that i think really something that sets this killer apart from what we've seen in the previous slasher movies is that he is kind of clumsy he's kind of human (laughs) like he falls over things he always gets stuff thrown at him and smashed over his head and you can hear him kind of going and stuff and it's like yeah like you say very human not that kind of emotionless blank michael myers type that just always like just walks but always seems to keep up with people yeah it's like this is a proper (laughs) this is a well and this is and it's set up from the start this is a random teenager in a mask basically yes yeah yes we know that
3: from the start don't we yeah i suppose as soon as they get into being back at school we know it's been a teenager that's done it yeah yeah i guess even from the way they talk on the the phone Their knowledge of Mm. horror movies and the way they're talking about it, it's definitely someone younger. It's not an old bloke, however.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really clever. If you hang up on me, you'll die just like your mother.
1: Do you want to
0: die, Sydney? Your mother sure didn't. Fuck you, you creep. Yes. We then go
3: from that first murder. And as you say, the whole tone changes immensely we go to uh, i don't know a teenage school drama i suppose yeah but i think do we go i think we go first to turn nev campbell's um
2: bedroom we do we and do. she's we go, we typing go to, away we go to literally it could be a scene from dawson's creek or something yeah. don't we this kind of like it feels like you're watching a 90s like you said, a 90s teen drama yeah she's doing her homework her boyfriend comes in through the window and they have yeah, this whole yeah. conversation about she's not ready yet to have sex with him and like her dad comes in and he has to hide behind the bed and yeah Yeah. like suddenly feels entirely like we're in a a classic 90s sort of teen movie absolutely Um, yeah real kind of like calm moment almost it is right but it also sets up sydney as this final girl as well but yeah it does
3: yeah it sets up a lot with her though because it her dad then talks about the fact that he's going to be away for the weekend and it's going to be that whole weekend and exactly where he's staying and how he's going to get there. So there's a lot yeah. of exposition in there that can be used by someone that might not be too far away in exactly. that scene. Exactly, yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah, it's great, isn't it? That's the thing. You, yeah, that, that, and that's the other great thing about this movie is that it holds up on rewatches, actually. Yeah. Like The one thing that I find really clever about it is that you can actually work out how these killers did what they did, and who was where and when? Almost, yeah. you know, when you watch it enough times, and and, yeah. it, and it and it feels like it actually works logically, which is yeah. not something you can say about maybe some of the sequels and rip-offs. So, yeah, no, no, yeah. yeah. I mean,
3: obviously, there's spoilers are absolutely fine in this, and I'll put a yeah. spoiler warning out beforehand. But it's, yeah. yeah, as you say, the the fact that there's there's two killers, as we find out at the
0: end,
2: yeah,
3: you can see that throughout each murder that. Yeah, actually, that must be that one, or maybe they were both yeah. there at that time, both in the masks and whatever else. So yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, and Very it and it, and it makes it more believable too, because it's like, how could one person have pulled all this off? Oh really? yeah, and it makes so much more sense that there were two, really. Yeah, uh, and you know, that's a that's a great twist, I think, because I think the, the best twists are the ones that you go, oh yeah, of course, you know, and like that. Yeah. this one <laughs> feels like it. It feels earned in a way. Yeah, yeah, it does.
3: Yeah, it does. Mm. Yeah, so we then go from. Her bedroom to to the school proper, where everyone at school is finding out that there has been a murder. And we kind of meet up with the the whole, I suppose, the gang, as it yeah, were. Yeah,
2: the gang. <laughs> it's like the kind of, like, what they would have called in the 90s, like the Scooby gang. Yeah. The vampire slayer or something. It is, isn't right? it? Yeah. It, it, it is. Yeah. A, the, the, this is the quintessential 90s teen trope as well of basically the most beautiful looking teenagers you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Like most of them look about 25 to 30 yeah, absolutely, and they yeah. all look like models. It's like teenagers <laughs> yeah. do not look like this. They are spotty no. and greasy and gross. Yeah. And like, none of them look like these people no. you've got. Uh, what? Uh, what's her name? Rosie Rose, Rose McGowan, uh, Rose McGowan, yeah. uh, you know, Skeet Ulrich, who is like yeah. this ripped, beautiful man as well. And like Matthew Lillard, Jamie Kennedy, yeah. Nev yeah. Campbell, these yeah. are ama- I mean, but you know, that's fine. That's the trope of the era. They were <laughs> all like this, weren't they? And yeah. uh, but they're great. Again, you get a real sense of character, don't you, from yeah, all you of do. these kids. And they yeah. they sort of they sort of fill the archetypes a little bit of the teen horror, but not quite so often with the teen horror movies, particularly from the sort of early 80s, like yeah, yeah. the Friday the 13th type movies you'd have the final girl who was kind of the sweet, sensible, sort of virginal one. Yep. You'd have maybe the blonde girl that was a little bit more wild and promiscuous. Yep. And yep. You'd have like the kind of jock and you'd have the nerd and you'd have yep. blah, 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 blah. And yep. they do sort of tick those boxes in a they way, do. but not quite. They kind of all, are all interesting and they kind of subvert them as well as it yeah, goes on. Just like, yeah. yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, just just
3: enough to keep you interested, I suppose.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I mean,
3: actually, I'm not sure what's going to happen here and who's going to yeah. be off next was on first watch you've got no idea about the fact that two of that gang are actually the murderers
2: yeah so right
3: it's so true yeah they're talking like through about third of
2: that group <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah
3: yeah and actually only two of them are going to live to see the sequel so
2: <laughs> so true yeah there's that great scene isn't it like you said when they're they're all sort of talking about the killer and the, yep. you know, how they were killed and how they would kill somebody if they were going to do it and all of that kind of thing. And again, yeah. there's something very creepy about it. There is, yeah. When you watch it again, knowing, yeah, oh, God, yeah, these are these are these two psychopaths are here, yeah. sort of talking basically almost gloating about it like the next morning, you know, yeah. hiding in yeah. plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Matthew Lellard's
3: very much his characters really talking about how they're hollowed out and how to yeah. gut them and that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very very, good. very creepy the way he speaks about it. it but then of course, Randy's character coming in with his horror knowledge, because mm. he's the, the horror nerd. Um, his he I think there's certain points where you think he could be the murderer. Oh, but definitely. Definitely there is a suspect, isn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's the other great thing about it is that you do kind of suspect everyone almost. Well, yeah. almost everyone. I don't know if you'd necessarily suspect Rose McGowan's character. No. Right here, but But <laughs> I think you could easily suspect it's, it's, it's uh, Randy. And I think obviously they really do put Billy at the forefront as, as suspect yeah. number one in a yeah. really kind of fun double bluff kind of a way. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible that you could suspect it could be Courtney Cox's character, Gail Weathers, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. you probably also could suspect Dewey the, the 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 cop so yeah, yeah I think there possibly. are <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are and Sydney's dad as well in a way so it's there's really good that you've got all of these potential suspects that they drop in in this first act yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, have you got a,
3: a favorite of those five then as a favorite character or
2: I've I've always loved um, Matthew Lillard's character yeah. Stu to be honest because he's so over the top isn't he like I I, I I think I'm always a fan of those kind of larger than life characters and yeah. things and uh, Way, I'm 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 kind of sad in a way that he didn't become a bigger movie star than he was. I mean, I know he he got to play Shaggy in Scooby he did, Dude, yeah. which I'm yeah, sure yeah. made him a ton of money. Yeah. But um, so I'm sure he's not complaining. But I, I think I, he still exactly. does the voice, doesn't he? Yeah, it was, what? Sorry,
3: I think he still does the voice for Shaggy.
2: I'm sure in the, the latest oh, animated one. I'm sure he, he did it. Does. Yeah, does yeah yeah he's really good at it. Like yeah. it's unbelievable <laughs> how good at how good of impression he does with his voice. But yeah. um. I think he's an excellent actor, like hey, hey, genuinely good and really charismatic uh, and sort of, um, he's big, I suppose. So he's, he's a, he, maybe he's only good for certain, he's a big yeah. actor, but maybe he's only yeah, good yeah. for certain roles. But uh, I recently watched him in the Twin Peaks sort of revival when that came back, he right. was in that. And he was kind of perfect for that kind of weirder, larger than life yeah, David yeah, yeah. Lynch project as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so I love him. I love Stu because he is like properly deranged and like you yes. wouldn't, you wouldn't want to hang out with this kid even before you know he's the killer no, like he's no. he's the sort of person who at school i would have avoided like the plague i think you know i think most people would yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's surprising <laughs>
3: he's got so many friends to be honest <laughs> i know
2: i know um so i think he's the, not not somebody i'd want to know in real life but i think he's no. my favorite character in the film. right yeah. yeah yeah okay what about uh, you have you got any favorites
3: oh, i think i do like jamie i think uh, Jamie Kenny's Randy I think he's really good I think the whole yeah. set on him the fact that he is the horror nerd he understands the, the rules of it which they yeah. make more of I think in the sequels as well yeah um, but uh, yeah, yeah I think he's really good although yeah, I don't already. think they use him quite enough I
2: think yeah yeah, he's not actually in it as much as you remember in a way, no. is he? But he, he, he's great. I mean, obviously he's got some of the most iconic scenes, like the house party where he explains the yes. rules. Yeah. such an important, iconic scene. And, um, you know, I think he he's remembered as one of the key, the yeah. key sort of characters in the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Because um, then you've got the, the sideline characters, I suppose, we get introduced with quite quickly, um, which mm. are Dewey, as you've mentioned, yeah, who is he? She, uh, he's Tatum's brother, isn't
2: he? That's right. So Rose yes.
3: McGowan's character's brother. Yeah, um, obviously not much older than them, I suppose. The say, he says he's twenty five at some point in it. So
2: that's right. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I don't know how quite the years go in American <laughs> schools now. How old they actually would be, but they all appear have known him for a long time. So
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, so
3: true. Yeah, yeah. And then they've got he. His boss, Sheriff Burke, they have yep. some good some good conversations with each other in that, and uh, obviously yep. Henry Winkler, as Henry Winkler, their the, the principal, he's brilliant,
2: he's great, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. Again, there's something of a kind of knowing. Throwback there, right, to like another very famous teen property that you've yep. got the Fons, yeah, now playing a teacher, yeah. Uh, that there's something that feels quite knowing about that in a way, yeah. isn't it? And and you know, it's it's they're doing it now, like another generation on, with something like Stranger Things, where you've got Billy Skeet Ulrich playing a dad in Stranger yes. Things, so he, you know, there's that kind of it's that same kind of vibe I'm moving it on, yeah, moving it on, passing the baton along. But yeah, it's, Henry Wink is so good in this oh, world, he's brilliant, he's yeah. Yeah. And David least... Arquette as, as Dewey is really interesting because he does feel like he's in a bit of a like he's he feels like he's in a different film to Sydney most of the time, <laughs> right? He's very much like the comedy character of this franchise going forward. Yeah. And and I think Maybe the problem for me with some of the later sequels, particularly the third one, is that they lean in too much to Gail and Dewey being the yeah. main characters, yeah. and therefore the tone becomes a bit wackier. And yeah. I think you know you've got to you've got to kind of anchor it with Sydney and that really kind of sort of more serious and dark storyline. Yeah. I think I think Dewey yeah. is better as a supporting player. You know, <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, the the comedy elements there. There's there's a brilliant scene where Sheriff Burke. And Dewey are, are discussing the murder. And Sheriff yeah. starts smoking again, and Dewey's there with his ice cream, looking around his yeah. ice cream. And it's just, <laughs> it just looks so comical. But you can see yeah. exactly, you can see the sort of, I don't know, the detective drama element if it's there, but they've just yeah. played it for laughs by having on ice cream. It's just,
2: yeah, rare. it's so true because it's, yeah. Uh, they they set him up very quickly as this, like, really rubbish cop. Like, yeah, he's going yeah. completely unreliable and, yeah. and, and very kind of emus- emasculated, I guess, in a way, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and all of that kind of thing. And they really kind of poke fun at that about him. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the whole, like, uh, two detectives yeah. solving the crime thing it doesn't really go there like you almost think at the beginning is it going to be like a kind of seven type movie yeah. where you've got these two policemen catching the killer yeah. but it's not interested in that at all is it no, it's like not the yeah, no. like you say they've got that one conversation and then it's like onwards with sydney and these kids you know yeah
3: because yeah. that's what it's all about isn't it it's about the kids yeah yeah, yeah. cuz this this film then opened up the whole teen slasher genre i suppose because following this there was oh, i can't remember what came after it there was Things like The Faculty yeah. came out, and yeah. I know what you did, I know last, what summer you did last summer. And, yeah. yeah. Urban
2: Legend. Yes. Yeah. 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 It basically sort of started another little wave of, of, yeah. of slasher movies again, and they were they were slightly different to the 80s ones in that they were sort of glossier, I think. I think that's because of Scream. Um, Scream's kind of commercial success. And they all kind of followed in Scream's footsteps by sort of casting these very, again, beautiful, often far too old to be playing teenagers, Actors that were usually known for television, so they'd been in again Party of Five, Dawson's Creek, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, all of those kind of classic '90s shows, Um, and they all popped up in these kind of um, slasher movies that I think were sort of compared to the '80s ones that were really like visceral and nasty Um, you know often really loads of buckets of blood and practical effects and whereas these ones played more on the mystery they were more about the whodunit it was always like which of these kids is the killer you know uh, they would always have on the front covers you know the posters it would always be the lineup of all the cars all of their faces you know yeah be like which one of these is going to be the killer which one's yeah. going to be the victim you know blah 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 um and i think that's kind of what separates that sort of 90s wave of slashers from the 80s ones where you didn't really care about the characters you knew who the killer was you were watching it for the gory kill scenes basically yeah. with the 80s yeah. ones, absolutely you know?
3: yeah yeah because yeah. certainly with, with scream when you get into the sequels you've still yeah. got sydney but yeah you know that the killer was killed but and properly killed at the end of the first one so you have yeah. got that thing of who is the killer this time and then again with the, the third and I must admit yeah. I've, never, I've never seen Scream before I'll be honest
2: Yeah do, do you know what it's actually better I think it's better than 3 personally Is it? But, um, all right. yeah it's all right but but yeah that's another thing that makes Scream I suppose a bit more unique compared to the Halloween franchise or Chucky or Friday the 13th it's not it's not one consistent killer no. instead it's one consistent final girl the only the only thing that stays consistent through the Scream films is Sydney yeah. um whereas Everything else really changes. The location changes. The killers yeah. change. The setting changes. But it's uh, it's Sydney that the Scream franchise is really about, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Which is a, a really different way of doing it, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah a nicer way to, in some ways. Uh, you know, I think a nicer way to do it because I think you you, you find yourself more emotionally invested and therefore more scared. You know, more yeah. more compelled. Yeah,
3: it also gives you that thing of being able to work out a mystery at the same time it's not just watching for the kills there's a bit of a mystery in it as well of who could it be this time
2: yeah it's a really yeah. genuinely especially this first screen film right it's a genuinely good mystery i think yeah. i remember even yeah. 10 11 year old me being really <laughs> compelled by oh who is it gonna be who's the who's yeah, the yeah. person behind the mask you know
3: yeah because they, they set up very i mean very early on they set up that it could very easily be billy that did it Mm. and there's no i mean because they have the Ah, uh, they have the scene where Sydney is attacked in a, in a house yeah and obviously yeah. she's alone in the house it's late at night and they have the whole you know do you like scary movies phone yeah, call that, the phone that call is the thing yeah. um yeah. but then billy appears as the police appear uh in the window
2: uh yeah and he has, I love it. This is the most dated thing about it, right? The <laughs> fact that he has a mobile phone and therefore he's a suspect. Yeah. Like, if there was anything ever that was going to make this movie feel more sort of mid-90s, it's that. The fact that <laughs> it's like this, like there's even like a chord of music when the yeah. when a mobile phone drops out of his hand. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this like big brick phone. And it's like, oh my God, he's got a mobile yeah. phone, therefore he's a yeah. killer. Because um, yeah, really the police then... It- sorry, yeah,
3: sorry God. I was just the police then said, so why do you have a mobile phone? It's like, because
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I have. What were you doing out and about with a mobile phone? It's like, what? Yeah, I. this is why I'm so interested to see how they're going to update that with, because there's a Scream 5. It's coming out in January. So it's really soon. It's already been filmed, um, but uh, it will be the first one without Wes Craven, but it will be um, the same cast. Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette are all back. So that'll be interesting. But how, you know, you can't, You can't really keep up this whole phone call thing, really, in this day and age. Not (laughs) now, no. We'll see what
3: happens. (laughs) (laughs) We could track your phone really easily now. (laughs)
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very different, isn't it, from that point of view?
2: Yeah. 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 Because there's a few things like 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 that. but like you say, it is a really good mystery. And I love the fact that that's it. Bam. First, f- like, you know, first attack sequence. And we think we know who the killer is now. Yeah. And and then the way it kind of takes twists and turns from there is great because it, it plants enough seeds of doubt. But it also still keeps lingering in your mind that it could be him because it could still be him, oh yeah. somebody calls her when he's in jail. But yeah. you're allowed one phone call when you're in yeah. jail. And it's like it still yeah. could have been him. And there are loads of you know, I think again, it's just it really masterfully kind of builds that mystery, I think. It
3: is, yeah. it's really, it's really well done from that point of view, yeah. Because yeah. that, that as yeah. you say, that thing about the, the phone call in jail. Yeah, I think um Nev Campbell's character brings that up. Sydney says that to him at some point, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, she does later yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, mm. it's clever all that stuff, I think. Yeah. But that phone call that she
3: gets while she's in jail is so ridiculous. Because yeah. <laughs> It's, it's at her friend's house, so her yeah. friend's mum picks up the phone.
2: <laughs> yeah, is Sydney there, please? <laughs> yeah,
3: this, this guy on the is Sydney
2: there, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, I always think about that. I'm like, what, what did he sound like when he spoke to Tatum's mum there? You
3: yeah, because presumably it's either um, Billy that's making the call or it's Stuart that's making the call.
2: Yeah. So yeah. billy you'd, either you'd assume it must be stew right because i'm yeah. thinking even if billy did do that while he was in jail that's a bit of a risk isn't it Because yeah. he'd be in like a busy police station assuming yeah. Lee, you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you
3: assume he, he rang stew and then stews rang to make that call
2: yeah so yeah. at
3: which point tim's mum knows that stew is the one that was on the phone that then threatened it
2: yeah, it's true. Well, I guess she—I guess he must have had the voice thing on, even uh, when he possibly. spoke to the mum. Yeah. Um, but it is funny. Yeah, I, ju- <laughs> I just love that idea that because it was the nineties, they all had to call each other on landlines, and so you yeah. had to do that thing that we all had to do in the nineties, which is like speak to the mum and go, "Hello, yeah, yeah. can I speak Hello. to so and so? Is Stu is is Sydney in? Uh, well, I love it. I love it. It's so, so I can her. <laughs> Yeah. It's so funny. But yeah, you're so right about that. It's such a funny thing. Like, that whole scene is hilarious. And then, and then Dewey kind of coming out of his bedroom but being a bit too late and like, you know... Yeah, with his it, gun. It, yeah, with his gun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. I love Sword it. Someone on
3: the phone, I need my gun, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, he then picks up the phone, doesn't he, and just kind of goes, oh! And obviously it's dead at that point anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
3: <laughs> we obviously have Billy, the ghost face killer, attacking Sydney. Mm. Um, we assume it was Billy at that point actually on re-watches it must have been yeah.
2: Billy it probably was one. yeah it probably was makes sense wouldn't it mm. um,
3: and they then go back to school don't they 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 have there's lots of mentions I think here about uh, Sydney's mother because Gail Weathers turns yeah. up and she mentions about the fact that there was a, a rape and murder a year ago Yeah, um, which they kind of just keep teasing that bit in a little mm. bit now and again. Um, and I think yeah. they showed some TV footage of... Yeah. Dragged away in a police car, obviously, back into it in the sequels. Yeah. Um, that's... They, they don't make much of it. Do you think there's a reason why they didn't make too much of that bit early on? Yeah, no, between- it's
2: funny, isn't it? It's It's, it's, it's interesting that you know Liev Schreiber is there and he's kind of yeah very very briefly isn't he and I don't know whether I'm not actually sure whether originally there was maybe more screen time for him and it was cut I'm not actually sure but I think it's great that it it again it builds up a whole backstory you know the conversations that she has with Gail um are really good at creating a kind of picture in your mind of what happened a year before without it ever flashing back or showing anything or showing any forensic evidence or anything it's like oh, you saw this man leave your mother's house wearing yeah. a coat and it had blood on it. And yeah. what if he was just having an affair with her? What if someone else did the killing? And I think, again, like with fairly minimal dialogue, like you said, they don't reveal that much. It's just lingering in the back of your mind. Yeah. That, oh, is this connected to Sydney's mother's murder? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think actually the killer does start he uh the killer does start taking um uh, responsibility for sydney's he mother, does, yeah he says yeah. do you want to die sydney your mother sure didn't and so suddenly it's like oh this is the same killer who's back yeah. a year later yeah um and yeah i think all that's really great as well it's kind of building up that meaty mystery at the heart of this story you know yeah. it's, really, it's really interesting yeah
3: yeah it gives a nice backstory to it all and even a backstory to the killers as supposed to a certain extent yeah without yeah giving you enough, I suppose. Always and,
2: you- and introduces you to Gail Weathers too as this sort of yeah. anti-hero character in this. I mean, she is sort of... She, she. I mean, she ends up kind of saving their lives at the end, doesn't she? But at the beginning, yes. you think, oh, she's a real nasty piece of work. She gets punched in the face by yes. and everything. Yeah. Uh, again, it's kind of nice adding another... A, a, an interesting character with a different dimension into this in nice yeah. kind of world as well. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, they talk about the the book that Gail's obviously written that I'm mm. assuming, I think they do mention in the sequels, but I haven't rewatched really them recently, I must admit. Um, I'm assuming it's the story of the murder of Sydney's mother yes. and about the fact that she doesn't think that Cotton really did it and it's from his point of view, which I guess is going against everything that Sydney has said and her going to court yeah. and whatever else. So that's why she really doesn't like Gail. And I exactly. guess why all the rest of her friends don't really like Gail either.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you get the feeling she's this quite selfish kind of uh, uh, slightly kind of sort of tabloidy journalist, right? That is like happy to kind of drag people's names through the mud for a story and that kind of thing. She's very much kind of set up that way, isn't she? I think. Yeah, Uh, But you you see that when
3: she arrives at the party that all of the boys and girls love her and they all want to talk to her as soon as she arrives. She's obviously a a big famous person at that point, I guess. Yeah.
2: Exactly, it's so true. Yeah, exactly. But actually, all she's doing is spying on them without their permission. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's all very, it's all very like news of the world. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah, because
3: trying to think. So now we we go back to school. Um, Yeah, and
2: this is this is, I suppose, when now they know that there is this killer on the loose wearing this ghost face mask, right? And I think this is when the school kind of runs amok with kids putting on those masks. Yeah, There's that very creepy scene where she is, and this is a scene that is quite ambiguous because there's that scene when she's attacked in the toilets. Yes. And is that the killer or is that a random kid? And you never really find out. It, no. could, it could be Billy or Stu. It or could. Or it could just be a kid playing a prank because you've seen other kids playing pranks and yeah. wearing the masks. Um Yeah but it's very sinister because he kind of creeps into the cubicle. You see his feet lowering and he's kind of sitting in Sydney and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, it's quite a chilling scene, I think. It is. That, that scene, yeah. you know? Yeah.
3: I, I must admit, I always thought that was actually one of them that, that was yeah. there. And it wasn't just some random kid, but I, I guess they do that normal thing of they can manage to knock this, this killer out, no problem. You know, he gets knocked off his feet and she runs out the door and that's it, she's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah. one thing that seems to be you'd be able to do with a ghost face no matter what he's always a bit yeah. inept and you can always get rid of him absolutely, um, until the very last minute
2: <laughs> yeah exactly and then you get the classic kind of final act setup in a way because yeah. at this point in the film uh, the principal announces the school is going to close there's going to be a town curfew <laughs> everyone yep. go home don't come back to school until further notice and so obviously what do they do being teenagers they decide to throw a massive house party. party yeah yeah and so of course like if you're if you're aware of the genre you're like oh okay so this is where the film is going now there's Absolutely, going to be a mass- yeah. there's going to be a massacre in yep. a giant mansion like house of course yeah oh, and that's course. exactly what it is yeah so it's perfect so it's uh it's great so i guess this this whole kind of middle act is very much kind of like setting everything up it is, isn't yeah. it, at this point. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Great. But you, you can't miss out, of course, that um, poor Henry Winkler um, dies at this point. He's yeah. killed after the, the cameo from Wes Craven as well.
2: A little cameo. I love that. Yeah. As a Hopes janitor that's basically Fred Krueger as well. Yeah. Like he's wearing the jumper and hat. He's yeah, actually, actually even called Fred yeah. on the
3: credits. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I know, I love it. Um, There's actually a couple of cameos in this as well. I don't know if you noticed that one of the reporters is Linda Blair, who played Reagan in The Exorcist. Yeah, I had seen that, yeah. yeah. Again, a few little nods. Um, But again, what I kind of love about this film is that that's there if you want to notice it, but also yeah. it doesn't really affect no. your enjoyment if you don't notice it, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, the Freddy Krueger janitor one is maybe slightly <laughs> more jarring because if you don't get it, you're like, why is that guy dressed like that? <laughs> but, yeah. but, you yeah. know, um, but it is fun. I really like yeah. it. It's so. nice to have it, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. So poor principal gets killed. Um, yeah. And then, then it is, it's, as you say, it's off to the party, isn't it? Then we um, have this massive party at Stuart's house
2: Mm-hmm. Where everyone is there, yeah, um,
3: except for Billy, because he's not been invited.
2: Yes, supposedly he's been blackballed by the yes. group at this point. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, it's true. Yeah, that, I mean the party's fun, isn't it? Again, it feels like such a classic nineties thing, and yeah. again. What, how rich are all of these kids in this town? No, this is the most no. beautiful town I've ever yeah. seen. These houses that they all live in. Yeah. Uh, like it's the most affluent kind of town I've ever seen in my life. And, and Sims house in particular, right? Yeah. Unbelievable.
3: And yeah. they're all miles away from the the center of the the town. Yeah. They're all just in in huge country estates.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And I do again, I kind of love that about it. That th- that feeling that there are no neighbours anywhere around no. as well, you know? No. And that that works quite well for the horror. But I would love to know what some of these parents do for a living because, like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. They're not at home either, so... No, none of them are around. None of them at home. Yeah, yeah it's so funny. But yeah, the par- the party's great. Uh, you've got some... Um, you've got some great 90s tunes, I noticed yeah. as well. Uh, I can't remember what they are now, but I remember thinking a couple of them, I was like, oh, there's a Drop Dead Gorgeous the, by yes. Republica. I yeah, was like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is it's so good, brings yeah. me back. Um, But yeah, that 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 stuff's all great. Of course, and then they start watching horror movies with Obviously. Jamie Lee Curtis and all yeah. of that. And it is, uh, yeah, the party sequence is great fun. And, yeah. and of course, Tatum's murder, which is oh. a very bizarre but hilarious scene as well. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually the first time that Ghostface gets called Ghostface. Yes. It's kind of that's where it's all come from from that point. Because before that, it was just the murderer. And obviously, they found the costumes available everywhere. I think it's Father Death on the the <laughs> costume that Jimmy shows the, the sheriff. But yeah, 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 she calls him Ghostface, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, please yeah. don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's a great scene. I was always confused as a kid as to the physics of. Of what kills her. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, I was always a little bit confused as to what actually happened with that garage door. Yeah. To kill her that instantly. Do you know well, what I mean? Like In different,
3: different shots, because <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: when she climbs through it, she's got both hands through it. And later yeah. on, when you see her, she's got one hand behind her back and one arm through the cat flap. Yeah. So it looks like she was actually hung by it, I suppose. And it's broken yeah. her neck. Yeah. But she's got a middle through it before yeah. like when it starts going up so
2: and and at one point things kind of spark and so yeah it kind of looks like she's been electrocuted yeah but then also has she been kind of snapped in half by it like it's a very like i've never i've watched this film no. more times than no. ever anything ever and i still don't quite know how she died no <laughs> i must admit not.
3: i was watching again on that one just to try and work it out and i couldn't quite work it out because no there's an awful lot of blood when Sydney Caesar hanging from the garage door. There's a lot of blood around. Yeah. So, so
2: something, something cut her, but we don't know what. You know, yeah. absolutely no idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it certainly so wasn't funny. Ghostface. <laughs> no, I'm none the wiser with that one. I'm no. none the wiser. But no. either way, it's still quite a fun set piece, isn't it? Yes, I do like it. Yeah, you know, it's nicely it's put together. I think
3: it's it it's the way that obviously whoever it is that's in the suit at that point. I'm guessing it's Billy. Um, yeah. he Stew's definitely in the house at that point. Although, yeah, he does disappear to answer the door and sends Tatum off to get beers at that point, doesn't he? So he knows exactly where she yeah. is.
2: Yeah, I, I know. But
3: he doesn't it's say true. a word.
2: He doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. That's and I guess they can't talk without holding that thing to their mouth. But yeah, yeah of yeah, course, yeah. A, it's good. It's a good sequence. I like it. I like yeah. it. And and actually, that that um. That one other thing I forgot to mention in that middle section. Yeah. This is the other thing that I've never quite been able to figure out. And I don't know whether it's a concept, like whether it's just like a bit of a bad, like, almost goof in the film, or whether it can be explained. But when the two girls are going shopping in the supermarket. Yes. And they're having a conversation, and then you see the ghost face killer oh, just do, there yeah. in the supermarket yeah. in a reflection, like he's Michael Myers kind of following them around. But it's yeah. like, Well, surely that's not the killer just walking around in broad daylight in the mask that everyone knows is the killer's mask now, right? I mean, like, I'm assuming maybe it's just a randomer, again, pulling a prank or something. Could be.
3: But as you say, they make nothing of that at all, do they? Because I think then that's when it skips over to Dewey and the Cherub having their cigarettes and ice cream conversation.
2: That's right.
3: When they're then saying that it's basically Sydney's dad that they think is the murderer because... He never turned yeah. up at the hotel and whatever else. Yeah. The, the, yeah.
2: Yeah. And there's that other moment I think that maybe comes after that when they're on the balcony, the two girls having a chat. Yeah. And then you also cut to the shot of the woods and the killer is in the woods sort of running past as well. Yeah. And it's like, why is he just running around in his full costume in broad daylight? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, surely it it's be. much more inconspicuous to just go around as Billy or Stu, you know, at yeah. that point.
3: <laughs> Put the costume on later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah
3: it, it, a bit odd those bits but I don't know maybe maybe that is just a call back to as you say the, the Michael Myers type thing to kind of go you know that's what they always did yeah so we're they're just kind of doing omni- the same thing. they're
2: sort of omnipresent you know like yeah. the killers always there listening in every conversation almost yeah. yeah yeah
3: yeah Yeah. maybe that's the thing of having multiple killers as well that you can do that because yeah they can have one of them somewhere and somewhere the one somewhere else yeah
2: yeah it's true yeah
3: yeah yeah, the um the party then because the party does break up because there is a curfew as you mentioned, um and they do close the party down, don't they? Everyone seems to be yeah. going. Yeah. When Billy then turns up.
2: Yes, that's true. Yeah, they're they're sort of wrapping up at this point, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and then there's just like a select few people that get to stay and watch you know, Halloween at this yeah. point. Yeah, well, that, pretty is much that. it's just randy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it ends up being just randy, doesn't <laughs> it? But yeah, it's that sort of strange... Uh, I, I, we've all kind of been there. It's that that point at a party when you stayed way too long and everything's kind of died down, but you, like, somebody's put on a movie and you just end up yeah. sitting on this sofa watching a movie at this <laughs> point, you know? Uh, it is great, but yeah, that is, uh, you know, it all feels very, very kind of believable. And yeah. also there's that great thing that we didn't mention there's that kind of cool setup where gail is watching the party from her van outside but there is a 30 second delay between what happens and then what she can see and they play around with that quite well don't they yeah Um, but they kind of figure that out at the moment when she leaves the party so yeah Yeah. that's quite cool yeah yeah
3: yeah of course yeah yeah so they've got dewey and gail are looking after the party so well dewey's been Assigned to Sydney to look after the party. So he's around searching yeah. for things. Um, Gail's there because she's spying on the whole party yeah. with her cameraman friend in the van.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and then the party starts breaking up. Does actually does it break up when Randy gets the phone call that the principal has been killed?
2: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: it. And then everyone wants to go and see them because he's hanging off their football posts and the I think that would be a really cool thing to see because I know
2: these kids teenagers. are fucked <laughs> up. Yeah, like they're, 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 honestly, like I. I- I guess it's just, like, it's quite a funny sort of, quite biting satire of really horrible, rich school kids, right? Possibly, yeah. (laughs) yeah. But yeah, like, they're really, I was like, wow, they're way too happy about this news, you know, (laughs) and they go speeding off down the street in their car, don't they, as well? Yeah, yeah, they all leave, but you're right, like, I think what they've done is, like, manoeuvred all of our main characters into one place, haven't they, here? Yeah, absolutely. It's done really cleverly, because you've got, like, like you say, Dewey, who's watching Sydney, Gale, who's spying on the party you've got our main yeah. kids all at the party yeah and then you've also got sydney's father's car that is found just down yeah. the road as well abandoned yeah. so it's like all of our suspects are here in yeah. this house at this yeah. point it's still it still could be any of them it could be anyone yeah and then yeah. billy
3: arrives as well at that point as well so yeah. you've also got billy so yeah yeah the it's whole crazy. the whole lot are there yeah
2: yeah all the gang
3: yeah yeah and then obviously they have to go along with randy's Horror tips for surviving a horror. Don't
2: you know the rules?
1: What rules?
0: You do Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules?
1: Oh, have an aneurysm, why don't you?
0: There are certain
1: rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. <laughs> oh, no, no,
2: no! Big no, no! Big no! i dead man.
1: I sex God. equals yes. death. Okay, number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor, it's
2: a sin, it's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Cause you won't be back. I'm getting another beer, you want one?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. See, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife.
3: See, Sydney disobeys the main one there by going off with her boyfriend to the bedroom to have sex. So that puts her in line for being killed.
2: And and this is a thing that, again, makes this film so famous, I think, that sequence where Randy explains the rules. And it, fi- yeah. it feels like such an obvious thing these days, but I think this was the first time anyone had ever done this oh, on, yeah. in film, right? Like, been yeah. this self-referential of the tropes of the slasher. I mean, he says it's the rules of the horror film, but really what he means is the slasher. The slasher, film, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, particularly, because yeah. he's like don't do drugs, don't have sex, yeah. don't say I'll be right back. All of the stuff that the kids famously do in particularly Halloween and Friday the 13th. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and yeah, it is, it was so fresh at the time, I guess, because no one had ever really done that, had really kind of laid out the tropes of this little sub genre that had died a death by this point. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the first, I mean, all the other
3: films like that this is playing on, they happen in their own little worlds. And um, so, because You know, if you've been in Friday the 13th in any of the sequels after you were, hold on.
2: Yes. (laughs) I'm not going there. That'd be a stupid thing to do. Why would I go back to this place? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. but this one really goes right. Actually, you know, we've seen all those films. We know that really that's happened, but Mm -hmm. this could be happening now to us. So let's not do it. Let's be safe.
2: It's yeah. really great. It's a really cool idea, and it's amazing, really, that it was one of the first um, yeah. that that did this, where it was like it exists in a world where the characters know horror movies and know the tropes, you know, yeah. and they play. And again, there's funny subversions of that, isn't there? There's the moment when Sydney early on says. I hate all those films they're all about some big-breasted girl running yeah. up the stairs when she should be running out the front door and then of course yeah. that's what she does 5 minutes later yeah. Yeah. you know it's it's great like all of those moments when they kind of satirize the genre are really clever yeah. I think you know yeah they are yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: it's it's very good at that yeah. yeah yeah um so trying to think what happens next now so they have Everyone's done what they're doing. Uh, well,
2: I guess now this is the moment when uh, when Billy and, and and Sydney they've they've had sex yeah. and uh, and then he is quote unquote murdered, isn't he? he yes, is, of uh, course. Just at the moment again when you start to suspect it could be him because she says, "Oh, you're allowed one phone call." And yes, you know, just as just as that kind of like thought swings back towards him. He is then killed, like, looks like he is actually murdered on screen in front of your eyes. Definitely, yeah. So it's uh, very clever um, that then he's wiped out as a suspect. And and then then we get the classic kind of final girl chase around the house, you know, This yeah. happens in, in the last act of almost all these slasher films where Absolutely, the final girl yeah. runs around and she finds all these dead bodies. You know, she yeah. she doesn't find that many in this, but she she comes no, across no. Dewey with a knife in his back at one point. Yeah. She comes across Tatum in the garage. Hanging from the garage. you yeah. know, hanging from the garage. Billy's just been killed in front of her. So yeah. really at this point, all we have left are uh, Stu and Randy it really comes down to those two doesn't it yeah. and there's that scene when she's on the porch they're both coming towards her pointing yeah. at each other saying it's him it's him and she locks them both out and so it's, yeah. it's really kind of we're narrowing down our suspects at this point you know. But at that point
3: we know it's not Randy because he was lying on the sofa watching Halloween while the ghost face was behind him. It's a good, very good
2: point yeah very good point I think and, and you're right and I think I remember thinking when I first saw this I was convinced it was Stu. I think I was convinced it was Stu pretty much from the beginning because I thought I thought it's too obvious that it's Billy. Yeah, It's too obvious in a way that it's Randy. And, yeah. and then particularly by this point in the film when most of the other characters have been killed, I was like, it's 100% Stu. It never yeah. even crossed my mind that it could be two of them. No, no, no. I, no, I no. was very convinced it was Matthew Lillard. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Although he yeah. plays, um, I suppose, the pathetic... Very well, when he comes up to that door, he does sound like he's really yeah. genuinely scared. He doesn't
2: want to be out there. Yeah, it's so funny because actually, though, even when he is revealed to be the killer, he's still acting like that like when he goes, Oh, my mom and dad are gonna be so mad and all that. Yeah. Like, he is like this wi- whimpering child, isn't yeah. He, as yeah, well. he? Yeah, yeah, so good, <laughs>
3: plays it really well, as you said. He's yeah, he's very brilliant. good actor. Yeah, so good. Um, so. We have a, a lot of chasing around. There's uh, the poor cameraman gets it.
2: The poor cameraman. You know, yeah. I forgot about that. Kenny, yeah. the cameraman. Yeah. And uh, Gail gets sort of chased by the killer and she gets run off the road. And so we think she might be dead or yeah. unconscious as well. Yeah. yeah.
3: In fact, I think Billy and Stu have a conversation that she is dead in the car. Yeah. Because they There's think that-, that she's gone.
2: That's it. There's that great moment as well in when Sydney's being chased when she gets into the car and the killer is trying to get into the car. He's got the keys on the outside. Yeah, and you kind of see him crawling through the boot. The, the boot, yeah, and everything. Yeah, that's all great. I love all that.
3: Yeah, it's nicely to put together, isn't that, that bit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the chase back into the house where Billy's alive mm. somehow. So we now know it's not. Well, we now think that
1: Billy could still be a suspect, I suppose. But Billy's alive. Um. Matthew gets in.
3: Matthew yep. Lillard gets in. Um, I'm just trying to think now. Because it all, no, actually... This bit goes just crazy, doesn't it, at this So, point, basically, it?
2: so Billy comes stumbling down the stairs, then they let Randy in first, and Randy says, oh, mm. Stu's gone mad, and then Billy shoots Randy. That's right. You know, presumably, at this point, dead. He shoots yes. him in the chest, revealing him to be the killer. So, Billy is the first killer reveal we get. That's right, yeah. And... With that, you know, before you have a, a moment to think about the logistics of that, of being like, "Hang on, how could he be the killer?" Suddenly, then she runs into Stu, and then he yeah. says, "Surprise!" And she's kind of cornered by the two of them. Yeah. In, the, in the and he the, gets in the in voice the box out, doesn't he? At that point, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got the amazing again. This is a, a, something that all the '90s slashers had, which is like the killer's monologue where they explain <laughs> everything to their yeah. final girl before they kill her, basically. Um, yes. Um, It works so well with this movie, though. I I love everything that happens from this point till the end in that kitchen. Those two guys just absolutely losing their minds and stabbing each other. And, oh, they're so scary, the two of them as well, I think. I think it works so well, this final act. It it
3: does. I mean, they're they're definitely... They've gone proper psycho at that point, haven't they, on each other? They just want... I mean, it, it appears to me that, you know, Stu's character at this point, he just wants... To murder people—that's why he's in it. He yeah. doesn't have a motive at all. He just enjoys the chase.
2: Yeah, um, he is—he's a genuinely kind of just deranged kid. He yeah. was that—he was that kid that would have like tortured animals when he was little, right? He's that. Kind. <laughs> Hold on. Whereas spiders Billy are, like
3: stuff for spiders and things, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas Billy has a motive. At he least, does, you know. Yeah, he explains to her that. I mean, it's a really stupid motive. Yeah, but he explains to her that his dad was having an affair with Sydney's mum and so that's the reason why his parents split up and his mummy abandoned him and so that's why he murdered Sydney's mother and now is murdering Sydney it's ridiculous and again I kind of (laughs) love that these two Characters are portrayed as so pathetic, like they yeah. are really pathetic, aren't they? Oh, yeah, Those kind of yeah. whiny, whimpering mama's boys who yeah. uh, <laughs> are just children, like they're just like yeah. horror movie geek children that, yeah. ha- you know, have completely lost their minds. Basically, yeah. it's great, completely yeah. lost the
3: plot, haven't they At this point, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> so good. Um,
3: yeah. yeah, and then so at the after all the stabbing of each other
2: because they pull out
3: Sydney's father, who they've got tied up in the closet.
2: Yes. (laughs)
3: Just to prove that it wasn't him, that there was a good reason why he wasn't at the hotel.
2: Exactly, Um, exactly. So their plan is they're going to frame it so yep. that it looks like he went mad and massacred a load of kids so in order to convince the police that this was the case they have to stab each other in order to yeah. look like they've been wounded <laughs> as well so they don't look too suspicious so yeah, yeah. it just and I've heard Re- Wes Craven talk about this where he just kept saying more blood, more blood yeah. like they were bringing on these fake you know these buckets of prop blood and um, the people on set were going this doesn't look realistic like this stab wound wouldn't draw this much blood and Wes yeah. Craven was like doesn't matter more it needs more and he just and it's so good i think it works so well but that like beautiful whiter than white interior of this house is just coated in blood throughout this final act yeah it's just i love it it's so good it's great
3: it's even it's silly things like when he he goes mad searching for sydney and he goes in the front room and he's cutting up the the feather cushions oh feathers get stuck to the blood that he's got over his hands he's just got feathers coming off him
2: so good, it's so good, it and all the while this is going on, the final act of Halloween is playing on the TV screen, yes. where Jamie Lee Curtis is running and screaming and being attacked in the closet yeah. from Michael Myers. Yeah, and that's the moment when Sydney bursts out of the closet with the umbrella and stuff, yeah. Billy. Like it's so, all of that stuff is so oh, good. Yeah, brilliantly put together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It 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 does mirror to a certain extent what's going on in Halloween, doesn't it? As you say, so it's it's copying a little bit of what's going on there, but just turning it, it a little bit. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's mm. really it's very clever. I love that.
3: Yeah, and then you have all the final jump scares because
2: Gail yes. gets back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all keep coming back to life. Yeah. Gail comes back up, tries to shoot them, and they knock her out again. Yeah. And then I think Stu's the first one to actually die. He, she actually kills him in one go. She smashes the TV on his head. Yes. Because uh, she thinks she, she stabbed Billy. Then she kills Stu. Then Billy comes back. Then Gail comes back and shoots him. Yeah. We think it's over. Randy comes back to life. They yes. And scream again. Just another jump. <laughs> yeah, another jump. And then Randy says, oh, this is the moment in the movie when the killer, you know, comes back for one last scare. And then Billy comes back and then she shoots him in the head. It's great. By this yeah. point, it's gone fully ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But- I think it's earned that you know by this point in the story it's 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 it's, the action and horror has escalated so well I think that by this point you're just having a blast aren't you yeah you know oh yeah
3: yeah. all of those extra jumps and people come back to life at the end is just it's it's perfect yeah 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 and I suppose it sets it up as well they must have thought at some point while they're making it we could do a sequel yeah
2: yeah, even the d- characters say, don't they? Stu says these days you've got to have a sequel, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because he yeah.
3: wants to come back for it, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. And I guess the new that a franchise was gonna be possible, I guess. But yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and then that's that's basically it. Yeah, everyone's okay. Or <laughs> our main characters are okay. Sydney's yeah. all right, our dad's okay. Yeah. Um dewey gets hospital treatments so he's gonna be okay mm-hmm. um, and gail's got another story to tell
2: yeah that's it
3: having yeah. found herself another cameraman which i don't know where she finds the other cameraman from no she has no. someone there
2: it's true there's there. just someone else there at the ready isn't there yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it she's she's yeah she's left alive still reporting dewey gets kind of uh, wheeled out on a stretcher still alive doesn't he yeah. as well and mm-hmm. uh and yeah, we get that kind of lovely kind of pan all the way up uh, into the sky and that big aerial shot of the house. But it's great. Yeah. It's a lovely, lovely satisfying ending, I always think. It is, you know, yeah. Movie. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, but There is that very quick jump of just Ghostface's face comes across before the titles come on. Just yeah, randomly.
2: Little final <laughs> jump, yeah. Yeah, just,
3: what was that? <laughs>
2: yeah, I love like like it, I so to, much fun. I had to
3: take it back to work out what it was because like, I didn't quite see <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> yeah it's so good it's so much fun I love it yeah um so that's
3: pretty much the film um yeah. it is quite a short film um
2: which yeah. a lot
3: of horror films on
2: it doesn't need any extra time in it um no it zips along doesn't it I mean I, I don't feel like it slows down or gets boring no. for a moment this film you know no great. it just
3: it just goes from scene to scene doesn't it It goes from as you say that the horror of the first scenes to high school drama to yeah. a bit of a, a mid-season a mid- chase that you get in any horror movie to the the final act
0: yeah yeah Mm. absolutely have you got any favorite scenes that we may have missed out
2: well obviously the opening scene is like the greatest in cinema history (laughs) but so that is definitely my favorite scene and i love the entire kitchen scene with billy and stew i really do love that i think it's kind of it's kind of bookended by the best scenes in the film, I would say. Yes, yeah, well, so, yes. Um, yeah. This, this film, but um other than that, I think I just love the general kind of hubbub of the scenes happening in the school as well. Like, I love the kind of madness in the school yeah. of kids running around in masks and all of that stuff as yeah. well. Because it's probably um, what would actually
3: happen, isn't it, I suppose? that Yeah. People would yeah. go a bit mad and
2: that, that real feeling thing. of this absolute kind of circus happening at this yeah. school at this point, you know. Um, mm. yeah, it's great. I mean, there are just I just love all of it. I love all of it. What about you? Any favorite <laughs> scenes?
3: Ah <laughs> uh, that first scene, as you say, that start scene with Drew Barrymore is absolutely fantastic. It's one of as you said, I think at the start, if it was just a little short horror film on its own that you found somewhere yeah. on YouTube, you think that's brilliant. They should make yeah. a film of that. Just perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just nice to put together, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you think it holds up against other slasher movies, then?
2: Well, I think it's probably the best, I think. But, you know, like, I've got... So everyone thinks Halloween is the greatest slasher movie of all time, right? And I I think it's, you know, up there... But I think that Halloween, for me, has got more lulls. It's like you are... There's a long old section in the middle before Michael Myers starts killing people when we're we're, we're spending time with the teenagers and for me the teenagers just are not as fun or entertaining or interesting or as well written or as well performed as these ones in scream yeah i think that the pacing for me in scream is better than halloween um yeah. so i prefer it to that i've got another favorite favorite slasher movie um which which is black christmas i don't know if you've ever seen black
3: christmas. half yes yeah, I um, haven't seen the remake, I must admit, but I've seen the original, yeah.
2: Yeah, don't worry about the remake, but oh, the right, original okay. <laughs> is just wonderful. And like that yeah. is maybe, I don't know, I, almost, almost, I love that even more than Scream. Like, I think Black Christmas is just amazing. Oh, yeah. I think it's like masterfully made it was the first one as well you know i think yeah. I've, I've, you've got to give it credit for being the first one it even came before halloween and just yes. it has an incredibly creepy atmosphere it almost feels yeah. like a kind of christmas ghost story or something yeah. you know there's something about it that feels really spooky and fun and it's got some amazing set pieces yeah. in that as well and the killer yeah. in that film is really scary and deranged i love yeah. it i love black and, and black christmas is Definitely an inspiration for Scream as well, actually. I mean, yeah, killer the killer whole... Black Christmas is called Billy, even, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's all whole thing yeah. of him being, being on the phone as well and using yeah, phones. Yeah, of course. That's... The phone
2: calls. Yeah. Yeah, That's... exactly.
3: I think when I first saw Scream, it, it brought to mind Black Christmas to me because of the phone call thing, but
2: yeah, the, the killer's Just... in the home
3: with me, sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Just a genuinely chilling movie. And again, yeah. I, think, I think fantastic characters in that as well. Um, so I, I love Black Christmas, but it Scream is probably top for me. It is. Okay. It's really difficult, but it's, it's, yeah. I think again, it's the movie I've gone back to over and over and over again. It's funnier. And, and if you want one that is just pure scares, maybe Halloween is better than scream because how yeah. a bit more serious and scary and dark from the, you know, yeah. the beginning to end. Um, and Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, is incredible as well. Yes. They're, they're, they're both kind of up there for me. But um, but yeah, Scream is, yeah. is, for me, the most enjoyable. Yeah. Cool.
3: And what do you think about the sequels then?
2: Oh, that I mean, none of them compared to the... None of them are as good. I, right. I think Scream 2 is excellent. Uh, I think I've got maybe some nostalgic love for Scream 2, actually. Right. I don't know whether it's actually <laughs> that excellent. But, you know, I watched well, they, it young and I... They I do remake that excited. first scene, don't they? It's a really fun first scene. I think the that that opening scene is indicative of of the film as a whole which is that it's like it's very clever and very smart and very fun but it's not actually scary like that scene no. that goes on in the cinema is a really cool scene, yeah. but it, it doesn't have any of that suspense or terror that Drew Barrymore's scene has in the first yeah. one, you know? And I think yeah. that's probably the case with the whole film. It, it's it's a great sequel. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. I've probably watched it almost as many times as the first one, <laughs> but it's not actually as good a horror film, probably, no. as the no, I agree. Scream, yeah. you Scream. Yeah. Uh, Scream 3 is not very good, sadly. I no. think it's pretty, pretty bad. It's got some amazing moments and it's got some cool ideas so the third one obviously is the one where that it's all set in hollywood and it's about people making a stab film that's what they call the film version of what happens and there are some really interesting ideas about um there's almost some kind of pre-weinstein stuff going on about sydney's mother and the way she was treated by producers seventies and stuff yes. and there's also some really cool stuff about sort of returning to her trauma by going back to these kind of literal movie sets of what we saw in the first one so yep. she goes back to the set of Stu's house and yeah yeah, you know, yeah. that stuff i think that was really cool and they it should have done more with that but they didn't instead they spend a lot of the film with Gail and Dewey kind of running around in this yeah. sort of Scooby Doo mystery, and it's like, and played for laughs, and it's yeah. not, as, it's not as good, sadly.
3: I suppose at that point, Courtney Cox was at the height of her friend's fame, and
2: yeah, she was then married so to David
3: Arquette, and they were the Hollywood couple, weren't they? So they, they,
2: were. they just they played were. on that, didn't they? It's so true. And I think there were lots of behind the scenes reasons as well as to why the film came out the way it did. I think that the. Um, Columbine murders had just happened, and because of that, the film was quite heavily censored. A lot of the gore was taken out. People were worried that it seemed insensitive at the time. And also Nev Campbell's, I think, availability. I think she was on something right. else or starring in something else. So oh, okay. she only came on set for a few days. And that's why she's not in the film that much. And her scenes no, are kind of separate that, yeah. from the rest of the film, yeah. almost, you know? yeah. Um, so I think all of those reasons make Scream 3 feel a bit disjointed, unfortunately, yeah. and, and not as tight. Um, and Scream 4, I think, is really good, genuinely right. good. Like, I think, it, it, again, it could have pushed the ideas further, but it's like okay now somebody is making a reboot and also it kind of tackles these questions about what happens now that horror has changed people don't care about slashers the whole postmodern slasher thing is over now yeah. we're in an era of torture porn and they talk about yeah, yeah. saw saw movies and this kind of thing and it has some quite fun ideas about that about right, kind of okay. new generation of kids and new generation of horror yeah um, so, yeah, I think that one's slightly more interesting than Scream 3. But, okay. you know, as, as sequels go, I think they're all all right. Yeah. They're just not a patch on the first one. Yeah, fair enough. well,
3: very rarely they are. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, I yeah. think Casey says that very early on in the um, that first scene, yes, how does. Nightmare on Street's the Street's the first one's good, the rest are all rubbish.
2: Yeah, which I love because obviously very much that's Wes Craven having a dig at his own movie with the sequels that he had nothing to do with. Yeah, you know? absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: what about the tv series have you seen any of the tv series
2: yeah uh, yeah i watched the, the TV- first one and that was it, <laughs> it me- i don't know about you but it made me feel like a really old man watching the tv series because like did it's you feel now- old <laughs> yeah i know right well this is it. it's like it's so it's it's not made for for nope. me anymore like nope. the, i i felt so much like oh this is made for a kind of general G- gen Z, you know it's like <laughs> absolutely it- it's really, it's got that kind of Stranger Things almost kind of yeah. vibe, and it's very yeah. much aimed at a new generation of kids or Riverdale yeah. or that kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I, 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 I guess it's fine. I guess it's fun, but it's yeah. just not. It's not for me anymore. Right. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: just wanted to see.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I am genuinely excited for Scream Five. So yeah, Scream Five is coming out in January, and it's it's being directed by. Um, I can't remember their names, but they're the two guys that did that horror film Ready or Not from a few years ago. I don't know whether oh, you called yeah. that film. Yes,
3: yes. It's really That's, good. It's a really yeah. good
2: film um, about a woman on her wedding night and then, you know, her family have this crazy games, tradition yeah. of yeah. playing this game of hide and seek <laughs> with murder. Yeah. And it, actually, it's got quite a good balance of horror and comedy that maybe you might yes. quite want for a screen film. So it'll be interesting exactly what you want. Yeah sadly you know bless him Wes Craven isn't around anymore yeah. and so it will be weird that yes. you know because he's really helmed this whole franchise he did all yeah, four yeah. of the first movie so yeah. um it will be interesting I'm, I'm I am I am kind of tentatively excited for it yeah. yeah is Kevin Williamson writing again or I think he's got like a sort of story credit but not actually right. written it I think he's kind okay. of I think he's been involved in the story, but he's not written it. So right. again, okay. we'll have to see. So it's, so basically all new people, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, is there anything we've missed? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to think now.
2: Yeah, I don't know, actually. Um, I think, we've that's, it. I think that's it. we covered it quite actually. well, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah.
3: Big question then. It's the tough yeah. end. Can you sell this film to me in 30 seconds?
2: Oh my God. I mean... <laughs> all right, let me try this. <laughs> uh, scream is the best horror movie of all time, and it is the best movie of all time because it is a fundamentally a, a really scary movie. This is a movie that, from the opening scene, especially the opening scene, you'll be on the edge of your seat, terrified. Also, it's a really clever movie. It's uh, it's a comment on the genre. It's got loads of smart jokes. You'll have fun. You'll laugh. You'll jump. You'll scream. It gives you every emotion in the book. It's a roller coaster, uh, and there's not one single thing that's bad about it.
3: I think it was a bit more than thirty seconds, but I lay off. <laughs> Damn it!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's all right. I think um, James managed to do his in about ten seconds, and Matt took about forty. So
2: yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well,
3: thank you very much for your time, Mike. Um, it's been great to talk about Scream with you. And this will be one of our Halloween episodes, so that's cool. Okay, thanks a lot. Brilliant. Thank you for having me.
1: Careful. This is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back to life for one last scare. <laughs> Not in my movie.
0: Thanks again for having that chat with me, Mike. It was great to speak to you about Scream. Now, at this point, we would normally say. Next time on the show, I have such-and-such such talking about their favourite film, which is... And I then play a trail. I'm not doing that this week. No. Because next time is going to be a bit of a special show. I had another chat with Mike Munzer, and we talked about our ten favourite horror films. Ten of his, ten of mine. I think we had a bit of a crossover, and two of mine match two of his. But I think we managed to round it off and get 20 films over, overall. So... Next time, two weeks' time, the 29th of October, so two days before Halloween, it will be a top 20 scary horror films ready for the Halloween weekend. So it'll give you an idea of some films you could be watching over the weekend just to get you ready for the scares. So no trail this time, but there will be a trail on the next show. For me, for now. Till then, bye-bye. Finally, thanks to Acast for hosting the website and to Max Smith for the theme tune composition. To get in touch with the podcast, remember that website is www.myfavoritfilm.com.